Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Paddock Pass, the podcast where we talk all things motorsport. I'm your host Evie Spencer, an aspiring motorsport journalist from the UK and you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram and YouTube at Evie Spencer Motorsport. Make sure to follow my socials and this podcast for lots of motorsport content. Hope you enjoy! Okay, so today I'm here with Reese. Reese, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Reese Lysett. I'm a professional racing driver in the Mini Challenge series. Perfect. So, Reese, we kind of met at Wilton Mill and we were watching WMKC. I think it was a couple of weeks back. Claire Murdoch yeah. introduced us. We've got to love Claire. She's lovely. So, talking about karting. Could you tell us, did you start in karting or did you have like a different route into motorsport? Yeah, so it all started a very, very long time ago when I was quite young. So essentially my first kind of taste of go-karting happened at Starbridge uh, Raceway, obviously in Starbridge. And I'd never driven a go-kart before. And it just kind of, dad thought, you know, we'll pop him on, see if he enjoys it. And, you know, second I jumped on it, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's just kind of, snowboard since then obviously we've kind of improved and got better over the years i did a, a couple of years of corporate go-karting at cannon raceway and then moved to herefordshire raceway which i was well i won some championships there and realized that actually i was pretty good at it <laughs> so at that point i then decided to go professional in f6 racing with bas motorsport in a honda cadet that was obviously a big step for me because novice year first year professional go-karting yeah it was really kind of my first insight into the motorsports world and i just really enjoyed it and i really got to grips with it and ended up winning the f6 novice championship so yeah it was a productive year <laughs> from that point we moved on and we decided to do iami cadets at clay pigeon with pool bay motorsport and we decided we found we were good at that again <laughs> came away with the vice champion in iami that year uh, clay pigeon cart club the championship and then moving on from that we just continued on gaining through the ranks through to mini max through to x30 junior through to x30 senior and then it was only after a year of x30 senior that i decided to kind of take the leap into proper car racing and that was in f1000 and obviously that worked as well as i ended up being the um <laughs> youngest ever driver to have a podium um in f1000 and I believe oh, that wow. still sounds to this day. So, yeah, my first race weekend in a car, so such as well, ended up uh, with me having a trophy as third on the podium. So, and wow, that's awesome. Yeah, just kind of continued on from there. Obviously, moved to ended up doing a second year of F1000, ended up then going to Formula Ford, and then, yeah, kind of into Teguiwa Endurance Championship and to, to where we are now. Perfect. That is so cool that you've done so well in so many different categories. So that's awesome. So my understanding is that you're currently doing the mini challenge. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. Yes. So can you can you tell us about it for any of the listeners that may not know what it's about? Yeah, of course. So the mini challenge really composes of two championships. They're obviously both using mini cars one uses the i believe based off somewhat of a newer jcw and my car is based off a r50 cooper now 
aside the JCW Championship is the other championship. So we'll talk about my one. Our car consists of a 1.6 litre naturally aspirated 130 brake horsepower, um, you know, Mini Cooper R50. <laughs> so underneath is just your standard average road car with a lot of racing parts on it, like uh, suspension, dampers, brakes, tyres, wheels, and then it's got no interior. So... Can you tell us about how you kind of win points, like what teams there are in the championship and all that side of things? Yeah, so within the mini challenge paddock, with it being the first ladder of the B British Touring Card Championship, obviously you do have a lot of big teams. Coming into it this year, we're running with Chandler Motorsport, who are new to mini challenge and are definitely not new to racing. Several years of experience behind them they understand what they're doing i feel like we've shown that this year especially with the results that we've been getting like i say all the teams are big big teams and they all run in several different championships like the jcws the porsches and you know some teams even continue on into the british touring car championship it's like I say the competition is fierce you know people are going to the, the big teams to try and eke out every little inch out of their car every inch you know that they can possibly get to gain the advantages it's, it's a very competitive championship obviously the championship consists of i think it's four different championships like subcategories so essentially we've got the main championship which is every single driver included in that you've got the rookie championship which currently i'm qualified for the graduates championship which is the championship after you've just done a year of rookie and there's the director's championship as well which is for uh, older drivers in the championship perfect so can you tell us how your season's going so far so where you're currently in in the standings and stuff uh, yeah of course so currently we've done i think we're on our third round so far we've been to brands hatch so we'll start off there we started off with a new car completely new team you know having to relearn everything that we just previously learned in previous championships and because of this we were kind of on the back foot having no testing so therefore it was just kind of a day of learning the car and testing and ensuring that obviously <laughs> we'd managed to get it all perfect so that we could be as fast as possible when it came to the race so yeah moving on from that we had our first race and qualified in the top 10 which was not bad considering it was the first weekend we'd ever driven the car. And it was the first time I've ever driven the car around Brands Hatch. I've driven Brands Hatch many times in many different championships, but I've obviously never done that before whilst, you know, in a mini. <laughs> therefore, it was completely new to me. So therefore, we spent the whole weekend learning the car. We ended up finishing top 10 in that race, which was really good. I believe it was top 10. So yeah, so race one at Brands Hatch, we ended up finishing 14th. I was very overwhelmed due to coming from Endurance Racing Championship, which is obviously a lot different because everyone goes yeah. out, drives, and you know they just kind of sit back for the race, whereas this is all out attack. And I hadn't done that for a couple of years at this point. So the second race, we ended up finishing in p11 so we made up a couple of good places this was a really productive race where i learned a lot of my skills that i'd lost over the past couple of years obviously racing the endurance championships i managed to kind of get back onto what i was before when i was doing the sprint racing and it just allowed me to gain some vital confidence in going for overtakes and several other things therefore we ended up just finishing 11th that ended up with us getting I'm not sure on the points exactly, but it was quite high up in the points. I think it was a fifth rookie. So 
we were quite lucky there as well in getting fifth in the rookie championship, which has you know, 15 drivers. Yeah. yeah. So then moving on from that, we did have race three then after that. So race three is the final race of the weekend. We're coming from 11th and yeah, we just kind of went out, you know, put our foot down, got our head down. We ended up setting the uh, fastest lap of the race on our first race weekend. Oh, wow. Challenge. So we ended up seeing that the pace was there and we were able to capitalize on this and then move that forward over to Snetterton. Obviously then Snetterton, which was the next race weekend, didn't quite go to plan. So qualifying, we did actually end up qualifying in third place, which is the second row, which did not expect, especially for my second race weekend in the car and only having Brands Hatch's experience driving it. Race one, an error by myself, ended up with us stalling on the line and going all the way down the order and back to zero, but not back to zero, obviously. But I think we went down to 18th or 19th place, um, which wasn't ideal coming from third. So yeah, we ended up just kind of putting our head down, focusing on it and just, you know, whatever's happened has happened. Just try and work on, you know, resolving it and trying to fix the issue that happened at the start. We did end up finishing seventh in that race, which ended up being obviously a good result considering we were down in 18th at one point. So yeah, that's where we were after that. Obviously, then we moved to race two, which was us finishing in 15th place. Now, this was due to a penalty, so we were going to the corner during that race, running you know, sixth and seventh the whole race, battling with another driver, and then just kind of slipped on oil and... Unfortunately, you couldn't get the car stopped in time. Incurred some damage from another driver after colliding into the back of them. Unfortunately, we ended up getting a penalty for this. Um, and we went back down to 18th place on the next race. Then the final race, we made up a lot of positions, managed to get ourselves back up to, I think it was 12th place. And unfortunately, it was tagged on the rear and spun around. Oh, and that no. was our race weekend over at that point. Oh, I bet that's like heart-wrenching when that happens, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's, it's not the best, like I say, especially when you know you've got the pace to be running up there at the front, you know, with all the leaders. But unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. You know, you're down there. You've just got to try and come back from it. But sometimes it's just you can't come back from it and it's quite difficult. And that's obviously yeah. where the skill of racing comes into it. So, yeah. So you mentioned there that you were in an endurance championship before. So how does an endurance championship differ to like a sprint race? Obviously, they're quite different in like what they are. But how as a driver, how is that different for you? Yeah, of course. So if you obviously look at a sprint race and endurance race, obviously an endurance race tends to last a lot longer than a sprint race. So for example, the sprint race I did in the Tegura endurance was essentially, depending on where the track was, they ended up being three hours long or two hours long or two and a half hours long. And what we did was we ended up having driver changes. You know, after so long, we'd swap the driver and it was more about just kind of focusing on consistency in the race rather than all in all out pace, obviously pacing yourself, ensuring you don't go for stupid moves so that you don't ruin your race or anyone else's race. Because at the end of the day, it's the long race. Anything could happen. Mechanical failures are a big thing in that kind of thing, in that kind of series. So, you know, it's it's all about just kind of like biding your time and just ensuring that you keep your car on the track and you keep a consistent lap time that's still fast without obviously tearing up the car or going fast enough to cause issues. 
mini challenge of course is 20 minute races which always always tends to be flat out from the second the lights go green to the second you cross the finish line it is literally you put your foot down and you just go for moves because you don't have a lot of time to get up there and if unfortunately you get pushed behind that lead pack can disappear and especially a track like Thruxton that we went to recently that was shown you know I was, I was leading the race on the final race on the Sunday it was live streamed on ITV and I pulled away from the pack got at least a second gap over the rest of the drivers but unfortunately due to how close the race is and everything else they just caught up to me and was on my bumper by the end of the lap and because it's such a slipstream orientated track there's just nothing I could do about it and it's just about defending at that point and that's the difference between endurance racing and sprint racing you really do have to kind of tailor your ability to keep a car on the track be fast and be aggressive and also defensive so it really does kind of use a lot of knowledge and a lot of racecraft to ensure that obviously you keep your position but you're also attacking the next car at the same time because if you're not attacking the next car the car behind you will just attack you yeah i can imagine it must be very chaotic i feel like is the word to describe it from an outside looking in yeah so tracks which have a very sharp first corner that can uh, be fun sometimes because there's 30 cars in the championship that all head into the corner at the same speed and every single driver wants to be in front of the other. So yeah, it does make for some good close racing and that's what's so good about it really, you know. Yeah. It, it really does just kind of keep you on your toes for the entire race. There's never a moment where you, you've got time to think or relax. You, you know, you get out of the car and that's the first time you've had to relax since you got in the car. Yeah. So one of your sponsors is SATA Tools. So can you tell us like how that came about, how you kind of got that sponsorship? Yeah, of course. So obviously sponsorship is a difficult game. It's not easy to come across and you really do have to put time and effort into it. So um, in regards to, you know, finding SATA Tools, I'd messaged them over, you know, several different platforms that I message companies over just try and get in contact with them, try and build a relationship. Luckily enough, you know, we were able to make a great relationship with the company because they were, you know, looking to expand into the UK market. Uh, they thought it was a really good opportunity for me to, you know, carry the flag for their company within the UK market. And, you know, I'm proud to be doing so by trying to integrate them here. You know, I feel like they're starting to make a big name already. You know, and they've only been with me for about half a year now. So, yeah, they, it's just meshing them, you know, building a relationship with them and just ensuring that, you know, you just, you're always providing, you know, something that they want. Yeah. So have you got any advice for young drivers who'd like to get sponsorship? Because I understand with speaking to lots of carters, young cars, it's, they struggle to get sponsorship. It's definitely a difficult thing. And I think because you've done so well with yours, I feel like it would be a good thing for you to kind of help where you can. So is there any way you can? Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously I, I have gone through times in the past where I've, you know, really struggled to find sponsorship. So I, I completely emphasize with the situation, you know, I really struggled to find sponsorship throughout the 2018-19 season. It was only in 2020 that I gained, you know, a large sponsorship base and, you know, we were able to progress up to Formula Ford. 
obviously due to you know reasons of the pandemic which is completely understandable these companies were unable to continue to support me so this ended up with me then obviously having to miss the 2021 season simply because I was unable to find sponsorship to race you know but that didn't stop me you know in the off season I sat I made brochures you know I'd still message companies every single day you know it's just it's all about just keeping the mindset in there there's so many times that I could have given up and I was going to give up and so many times that I have quit you know it's just it is a really difficult game and it's soul destroying sometimes and sometimes it does really push you to your limit but you just got to think if your heart's really in the place you just got to keep going and eventually something will come up you know there's like I say there's many times that I've almost quit racing simply because I've been unable to find sponsorship but it's just about keep plucking away and trying as hard as possible to ensure that you're just trying as much as you can because it's all about just you know the more people you message the more chance you've got like I say if you're you know a young driver I would advise potentially you know creating some promotional material it helps it goes a long way obviously because companies want to see something flashy something cool so you know creating brochures and other things and promotional material really does go a long way in talking to a company because they can see what they're expecting back you know it looks good to them they can see that their money is being invested well yeah exactly as you want to get sponsorship you got to kind of sell yourself for it you got yeah exactly exactly and and that's the thing it's everyone knows each other um and everyone else is trying to find sponsorship as well. And because of that, you really have got to try and find USBs, you know, y- y- unique selling points. You've got to find what makes you better than that other driver. What can you offer this sponsorship company that that person can't offer? You know, that's the key. Just trying to find what you can do that someone else can't. Yeah. So, what is the motorsport life like so you've kind of talked about the actual being in the car but the travel and the training and all of that kind of stuff what's that like so yeah so as it stands the motorsport side driving the car is actually the easiest it's everything else that goes into the season that just kind of contributes to the motorsport life so as a standard day for me you know I work a full-time job still because you know, I'm committed to try and do my racing. So every kind of bit of sponsorship money I get goes straight towards my racing to ensure that I can race to my full potential and be as fast as possible. So, you know, I wake up in the morning at 5am, I end up going down to the gym, obviously to train for racing to ensure that I'm fit enough to be in the car. You know, I get back, I, I do a full seven and a half hour day at work, just like any average person. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I come home and... I'm straight to work on messaging companies and creating brochures and promotional content for companies that are sponsoring me and any potential companies that want to sponsor me. So it it doesn't stop, you know, it's consistently going and it's never ending, you know, just as you think you've managed to find sponsorship, you start looking for the next season and the next season after that. And it's just a repeating cycle and you've just, you've got to keep looking away as I've said previously. And if I stop doing that, I might not have found companies like SATA Tools or Studio F. And that's the thing about it. You know, if I'd have stopped, I might not have found them. Uh, 
that's why I've put the effort in to ensure that obviously I can race. I've never really had a lot of money to do racing, but by doing this and coming home and putting every single bit of willpower and effort I have into it, it's ended up with me being a mini challenge. I do things to the extreme. <laughs> I'm 20 years old, so I've got to start looking at you know careers and other things like that to ensure that there's a backup plan in case the race doesn't come off. There's the chance that it could do that, and you've just got to have something there in case. And that's essentially what I'm doing at the moment. Most drivers, they tend to, you know, get sponsorship at a young age and go into the championship where they're doing college or high school. But yeah, it is a stressful life, you know, trying to find sponsorship else just really does just kind of get to you at points. And yeah, it's just keeping up and ensuring that you doing as much as you can but when you're in the car it's great you know you, you spend all of this time searching for sponsorship and then you finally get to you know reap the rewards of what you've done and that's the best thing about it and that's why you do it you, you know drive the car and everything that you've done just seems worth it yeah exactly so your career has obviously been very successful. All of these things that you're mentioning, very, very successful. So I'd like to kind of ask you, what is your biggest or what are your biggest achievements so far? Yeah, so obviously with a successful racing career when I was younger, I've got a fair few trophies and championships uh, behind me. <laughs> so uh, the first one being the runner-up in Formula Ford for the Rookie Championship. That, obviously, first year in Formula Ford was really good for me, and that was one of the most competitive years ever in Formula Ford. And just ended up being a really good progressive step in stone for me. I learned a lot, and I gained valuable experience racing with Kevin Mills, and I, I think it's probably you know one of my greatest achievements this date, just being able to be you know, being Formula Ford and just gain the experience that I've got now. And that's helped me continue on to where I am today. I still use that ability and knowledge. So, yeah, we've also got the youngest ever podium sitter in Formula Ford, which was a massive confidence booster once again. We also got nominated for eSports Champion of the Year Auto Sports. I came second to a Mercedes driver. I think it was one of Mercedes, one of their virtual drivers, esports drivers, that's it, in the Formula One that won. Oh <laughs> but I was gosh. quite happy to come second place to him. So That is crazy. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got, obviously, several different championships in junior formats, cadet formats as well. So, yeah, it all just kind of adds up to a successful past. <laughs> very successful past so we'll look kind of forward so have you got any like exciting projects coming up or anything that you're like really pumped for for the future yeah of course so i've now got the ability to take my art instructor's license so from any point from now from however long i want to continue racing i've got the ability to teach and train people to drive which i feel is really really good opportunity for me only to obviously pass on the knowledge that i've currently got to other drivers that are looking to be in the same position 
I'm just really looking forward to the challenge of, you know, teaching people and it's a really rewarding thing doing something like that. And I just can't wait to get started on it. Obviously with that as well, we've got some exciting collaborations coming up with driver coaching. Therefore, obviously I can't say much about that, but I'm super excited about that as well. Uh, I can't wait to announce that the second I'm allowed to. (laughs) That sounds very exciting. So again, kind of looking forward to the future. What is, what's the dream? If everything went your way, what would be the dream? I would love to see myself in British Touring Cars or something on the British Touring Car Championship. I would be very happy with driving a JCW. So, I mean, my goals aren't high. I mean, I've already kind of hit exactly where I want to hit right now. I, I didn't expect to get to Mini Challenge and I've done it. So at the moment, I'm still kind of getting over the shock of being a Mini Challenger. So the future at the moment is just kind of, on hold because <laughs> still looking at what I'm doing now but yeah no definitely definitely JCW British Touring Cars Porsches just anything like that it's, I just love to just drive anything obviously the goal when I was younger going down the single seater route was to get to Formula One but I've just realized it's an unrealistic goal and you've got to turn your goals back sometimes to look at things with a broader picture and realize actually what's obtainable and I believe that at the rate we're going the things that I just mentioned there are definitely attainable yeah and I think Formula One is kind of a very difficult thing to get into and as much as it is yes you do have to be a good racer you also have to have everything go your way because 20 people in the world do it yeah of course so with Formula Ford that was the first rung really of uh, single seat racing from that point you go to Formula Four Formula Three Formula Two and obviously and Formula One. Now, a lot of people that try to end up being in Formula Four end up starting in Formula Four. They don't have the cash to do so. And a lot of the championship in Formula Four and other things is just, you know, people that have had lifelong relationships with sponsors. And it's just really difficult to get that ability to do so. And that's why it's just so difficult to get into those kind of championships because they're so expensive to do. And it's just, for the money that you were spending you could go do something else and get way more publicity and way more experience like i say which is why i've left the single seat ladder because I, I didn't see a future in it but i do see a future in tin tops which is you know what i'm doing now and because of that i'm able to look at it with a broader picture and understand that you know there is a future here and if i keep plucking away at it eventually that future will come but unfortunately single seat is just is an unrealistic path unless you've got loads and loads of money to chuck it up yeah it's it's got to be so difficult to get into that okay so to get to where you are today there must have been people who inspired you so can you kind of tell us who your motorsport heroes are who's kind of kept you going along the way yeah so the first one obviously being my dad he's pushed me a lot to try and get me where I am he's like a secret manager <laughs> obviously Claire is my manager but he's just like a manager at home without him pushing me and trying to get the best out of me I just I, I think I'd have probably given up and lost hope a long time ago I mean the things that have kind of led me to you know my heroes in my sport are definitely the underdogs so for example 
whenever a, a new driver comes into like the Formula One Championship, it's always good to watch them. You beat the big, high experienced people or like a new team. But I think definitely when I was younger, uh, my inspiration was Lewis Hamilton. I think uh, a lot of drivers will say that they're lying if they don't. But I think as I move on, obviously, I kind of look for the underdog. It's always good to see an underdog come through and win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think everyone kind of likes watching an underdog win. It's really nice. So finally, my last question, which I ask to everyone who comes on the podcast, is if you could get like a paddock pass to any race in the world, where would you go? I think if I had the opportunity to do so, I would probably end up getting a paddock pass for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Oh, good one. Why would you go there? I think there? it would be the Abu Dhabi. So it's the final race of the season. Obviously, it's in Abu Dhabi, uh, which is a, a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, you know, the weather's guaranteed to be nice. It's like a 0.1% chance of it raining. So the weather's always going to be nice. <laughs> and as well, it's the final race of the season. It's the ultimate showdown of all the drivers. Places decided. And you get to witness things that happened, like in, I think it was 2021, when yeah. Max Verstappen obviously got that controversial win of the season. It would definitely be Abu Dhabi, especially as well, because of all the niceties that that uh, country offers. Yeah, It's I one agree. of the most probably luxurious races you can go to, so it, 100% it would be Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I think Abu Dhabi is definitely in my top. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. Is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? Any anything like that? Obviously, my current sponsors: Set of Tools, Studio F, Aflatech, Simply Medicals, of course, Channel Motorsport as well. We wouldn't be able to be where we are without any of these guys' support. Obviously, my dad and the rest of my family that sacrifice <laughs> loads of things for my racing, especially their time, <laughs> amongst other things. So yeah, hundred percent, definitely those people. Claire as well consistently pulling up with me as though it could be annoying yeah I, th I think that's it perfect well best of luck with the rest of your season thank you for listening to the paddock pass podcast with me edie spencer make sure to follow this podcast for more episodes and head over to my socials for more motorsport content